When it comes to building muscle, eating is fundamental. Besides being incredibly good-looking, bodybuilder and film star Derek Bolt is great at fixing yummy things in the kitchen to help build his legendary physique. Let's grow big together. The podcast that shows you the things you need to put in your body to make it grow. I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, adventures in bodybuilding, muscle gods, muscle worship, and practical advice to put on the games. Today, we chat once again with Derek Bolt, amateur bodybuilder, architect, film star, and overall renaissance man on maximizing your meals for building muscle. Plus, how did Derek do in his last competition when he entered under his name assigned at birth? Why are athletes susceptible to political and nutritional misinformation? And low-carb pizzas. The good, the bad, and the freaky. Good afternoon. Hi, is this Derek Bolt? This is Derek Bolt. Ooh, what are you wearing? I mean, what are you eating? (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard about that? This is Fausto, by the way. And Mark from Let's Grow Big Together. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. I'm doing good. Uh, What'd you have for breakfast today? Uh, Scrambled eggs and French toast. Ooh. Now, you need to give us the full recipe so everybody can eat exactly what Derek Bolt eats and be like Derek Bolt. (laughs) Well, this is basically just me... um, not quite cheating on my diet, but figuring out how to hit exactly the macros that I'm supposed to without having to be bored as hell. Mm. How many eggs? Four. Oh. And no, no egg whites, just full on eggs? Just full on eggs. That's what my coach gave me. It's supposed to be cream of rice and eggs and so and a protein shake. And so what I do is it's um, one egg and a little bit of almond milk and two slices of toast. And that makes the French toast along with some uh, stevia and some cinnamon and nutmeg and vanilla and then you just take the other three eggs scramble them up and instead of a protein uh, one scoop of protein powder i just add um two ounces of fat-free cheddar cheese which is almost the exact same thing in protein well that's why i wanted to get you back on the show derek i mean you were so well received you're so have such an amazing physique you are the toast of the bodybuilding and porn scene the french toast of the scene (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and, and, and I guess it turns out you really know your way around the kitchen because I talk to a lot of bodybuilders and they're like, do you like brown rice and vegetables with a side of chicken that's been boiled to death? And you're just like, how am I going to build this body if I have a palate, if I have the passion for food? And, you know, I thought it was really, really great today to actually talk about not just, you know, all the stuff that you do in architecture, in terms of building buildings and your body and in adult films and in competitions for bodybuilding, but about food itself, because it's like, really, you know, if, if you ain't got it dialed in in the kitchen, that muscle ain't going to grow. Yeah. And I mean, you can totally do it without having any flavor or anything. You, I know guys who they just eat chicken and rice, no seasoning, no salt, just straight chicken and rice all day, every day. And I think I, I would, I would die. We w- just came back from the Arnold bodybuilding and fitness expo and mm-hmm. there was all these amazing looking guys and they're sitting there having their lunch and they pop open this tupperware container and the smell <laughs> and you're just like and i was like you know what's in your uh tupperware what's in your meal prep and it's literally like ground chicken and potatoes 
no seasoning and maybe a little like hot sauce. And I'm just like, wow. So you're able to turn your brain off to some degree and just force down this, this food without any sort of consideration for how it tastes or feels. Well, some people have that, you know, that old expression, it was like, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, you know, it's probably the same (laughs) for like, nothing tastes as good as muscle feels for some of these guys. Yep. But there's a lot of ways you can do it without having to, to sabotage your macros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herbs, herbs, and spices go a long way. Yeah, you know? and salt and hot sauce. I mean, there's a million zero calorie ways to add flavor to your food, and a lot of the times, also, just the the method of preparation mm-hmm. can really add some interest to that. Rather than, I mean, if you just bake chicken breast or you boil it or whatever, you're going to be in for a rough time. But you can do things like you can grill it, you can put it in an air fryer. You can just sear it lightly in a nonstick pan and then um, finish it off in the oven. Yeah. All of those things, you're not necessarily changing the flavor of it, but you're changing the textural profile of it so that, okay, today I'm going to sous vide it and tomorrow I'll air fry it. The next day I'll, I'll grill it. And then suddenly it doesn't feel like you're eating the same thing every day. Right, right. Well, you know, you heard the expression, if it fit your macros and everyone's like, you can eat Krispy Kreme donuts at McDonald's if it fit your macros. And I'm like, well, let's take a look at those macros. And you're supposed to, you know, for me, I'm trying to hit 265 protein a day, about the same 265, 300 uh, carbohydrates and only 75 grams of fat. And if you look at like, you know, a slice of pizza, that's like a third of your fat right there off the bat. And if you're willing to take out fat from everything else you eat that day, then I guess theoretically you could get away with eating that slice of, you know, several slices of pizza as one of your meals on a daily basis, but it would make all those other meals really unpalatable, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, there's also a lot of people mm-hmm. that do, if it fits your macros and you see them doing things, and you're like, I don't know how you're getting away with eating pizza every day. They're not thinking about the other aspects of nutrition that right. are outside of your macros. Cause when you say, if it fits your macros, you're talking, uh, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, so those are the most important building blocks, but sugar isn't included in that. You could eat, you could be getting 30% of your ca- carb content from sugar and it fits your macros, but that's not good for you. Sugar is not good for you in pretty much any way. Well, it's going to interfere with your ability to grow muscle. And that's what we're talking about here. right? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, if you're not paying attention to the types of food you're eating, there's a difference between, um, your saturated fats and your unsaturated fats. Um, and again, cheese and meats have a lot of the saturated fats, right. things like olive oil, nuts, um, legumes, those types of things. Those fats from plant-based sources are unsaturated and they're much healthier for your body. Mm. If you're not eating enough vegetables, which have almost no impact on your macro uh, profile, um, you're not going to be getting those nutrients that you actually need. Um, and honestly, if you get them from food, they're way more useful than if you get them from a multivitamin. The bioavailability of those um, micronutrients from a multivitamin is like honestly not non-existent. Mm. So you want to maximize your muscles, you got to focus on the micronutrients, <laughs> or at least be co- be aware yeah, of them. I mean, if you're not getting, you can, if you're just focused on okay, I need to hit X amount of protein, X amount of carbs, X amount of fats, you're missing out on the other important things about a balanced diet. Mm. Well, do you supplement with like like vitamin C or vitamin B complex, those kinds of things as well, or is it just you just trying to get everything from food? I mean, I try and eat a well balanced diet, so I don't need those. There are 
obviously plenty of extra supplements that I take, but <laughs> none of them are none of them are in there to try and make up for. Well, I'm just not eating any vegetables, right? And we're not talking about the uh, supplements you inject. We're talking about the ones that come in pill form at the Whole Foods vitamin yeah. section. I yeah. mean, because you know, I know grown yeah. adults that are just like, I don't eat vegetables, and I think to myself, like, I mean, first of all, like, how do you take a shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. You, you need that kind of fiber. And then it's just like, uh, how long do you expect to live? I, I don't get it because when I was doing my contest prep, vegetables were the only thing keeping me um, from eating my, like eating the paper in front of me. And also like, that's one of the ways I add flavor to my food. Mm-hmm. It, they're, they're no calories. They don't have any effect on your, your macro profile. I mean, a cup of vegetables is like 15 calories, depending on what vegetables you're doing. It's like nothing. And it's like, uh, we were looking at cucumber and it's like, you eat a cucumber, it's practically taking calories away from you because it's like, it has so few calories and it's just filled with so much water and fiber. Yeah, exactly. And cucumber has flavor, zucchini, mm-hmm. broccoli, everything has its own little flavor. And if you start to figure out which vegetables go with what other proteins, foods, and um, spices, you can really add a lot of variety to your meal without messing up your Pro, uh, your macronutrients. And I, 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 mm-hmm. I use so much salsa um, just on everything. It's like I keep one or two different jars of salsa in the fridge at all times and then pair that with one of like my six different hot sauces that I like. Do you watch, do you watch your sodium? Is that something you, you're concerned with at your age? Because I feel Not like really? when I was younger, I didn't really give a shit. But now that I'm older, I'm just kind of like, oh, I can tell like my blood pressure shoots up on days following eating a lot of sodium. I used to pay a little bit more attention. Now I honestly don't even care. Mm. Um, and part of it is because there's a lot of really conflicting scientific data around around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the U.S., the daily recommended value for sodium is like 2,000 milligrams, which is really, really low. In Europe, it's actually 5,000. 5, um, the average American, I think, gets somewhere between like 7 and 10 grams of sodium a day. Um and I think it's even higher in Europe. Um, and so, yes, it has an effect on your blood pressure. It has other negative things, but also you need to get enough salt or you also can't function either way. Um, one of the things I've noticed um, in the research is that they don't really talk about your water consumption when they're looking at this. And your body is actually really good at processing things like that. So if you're getting enough water mm-hmm. or more than enough water, you're probably going to see you won't have as many problems from sodium, even if you're eating a lot of it, mm-hmm. because your body can just process it out. Mm. So, like, are you one of those guys that carries a gallon jug of water at the gym and stuff, and everyone's like, what's in the j- gallon? And you're like, water? No, I, I stick to a one-liter bottle. Yeah. Uh, just There's always somewhere for me to fill it up. Um, but I am, I am, I am really, really a little weird at the gym because I always have two water bottles. I have a one gallon water jug that has, or one liter water jug that has water in it. And then I have a smaller, um, 0.6 liter one that keeps my intra workout carbs in it. That's so mm. smart. Never occurred to me to do that. Well, I had to do this because on my yeah. contest prep, I was actually having this problem where I was going low blood sugar in my workouts because I would get to the gym, have my one liter bottle with my, um, inter-workout in and I would just drink the whole thing and then I'd fill it up with water and drink that and you know two hours later um, I haven't had very many carbs that day I've been through my inter-workout for the entire workout because I, I get in and just basically chug it and I'm going low at the end when I'm doing my cardio I'm like I need to figure out a way to space out these carbs throughout the workout so that I have a consistent energy thing 
rather than a spike. And so now I just do two bottles. Well, I usually tell people if I carry two bottles, one is for me and the other one's for my ego. (laughs) (laughs) And my ego is always thirsty. Uh, You know, I love that idea because it's like then, you know, when you're drinking and people aren't familiar with this, it's like if you're doing a long workout or your workout's really intense, you start getting depleted. You run the risk of your muscles like locking up. And so having, you know, a little bit of like powdered Gatorade, some dextrose, uh, highly chained dextrose or carboline. Um, yeah, I use, I use carboline as mine. Carboline. And then uh, some people like to put uh, creatine. Some people like to put uh, citrulline into their uh, stuff. S- red sea salt is a great mm-hmm. thing to have there. Um, glutamine sometimes. Um, but, you know, just the idea of getting that, that salt and that sugar into your muscles while you're working out is very effective at, at sort of keeping the muscles healthy, keeping you energized and focused so you can get through your workout in a timely manner. Because I think sometimes when you get tired at the gym, you just start resting and then you start looking at your phone and you're just like, and then suddenly that hour and a half workout balloons into three or four hours, you know, and you're just like, Oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Well, and then you're like, I could have been home right now, relaxing, eating, Right. Eating. Yeah. yeah. I've been getting your post-workout meal in. Now you well, just had I a, like a to... contest recently. Um, how did that go? Well, n- recently, four months ago, it was in four November. Ago. Yeah. 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 Um, I got second place. Oh, congratulations. And what was the division or the category? Uh, open heavyweight. Okay. Damn. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I came in, um, heaviest ever, 223 pounds at weigh in. Wow. So you, you cut down from what? Uh, it was about 250 when I started my cut. The high for that season was 260. Mm. That's 30 I pounds. When, I, wow. I forget when we talked to you last year, you were, you were preparing for the contest. And so that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why we're like, we got to talk to Derek and see how the contest went. So how was the slim down? Uh, you know, so this was the first contest I ever had a coach with. And there was a little bit of a rocky thing because I'd never had a coach and I've always done my own thing. And he's, my coach is very intense. And so I was a little grumpy at him. Also the like mass amount of cardio, but you know, I have to give it, give it to my coach. He, I came in leaner than I ever have been fuller than I ever have been. And the crazy thing is the last two weeks, it actually got easier. And when I've done it myself, I've like pushed myself harder and harder going into the competition. And the last week it's like the craziness of the low carb and recarb and lots of water, no water. And he kind of just didn't do that. And it was my best showing yet, and I didn't have any issues with water, um, holding water, or being too flat, which I think is my usual problem, is that I come in a little bit flat. What do you mean by flat? Well, so when you're going into a bodybuilding show, you're trying to not necessarily eliminate all water, but move the water in your body around mm. um, so that it's not in that subcutaneous layer between your skin and your muscles. It's all in the muscles themselves. But one of the things that you can risk is if you mess it up... Um, you can go in two different directions. One, you end up bloated, and so you, you just look fuzzy. You're, the muscle definition is lost because there's this big mass of water between the muscles and the skin. Mm. Or you can end up flat, which is you just don't have enough water in you, and so your muscles don't have that pumped look to them. Mm. So how do, you, how do you remedy that? What's the solution? Well, if you, if you get to the point where you're either flat or you've spilled over and you're bloated, it's you're done. You're you, Next time you catch it next time. Oh, so it's like that last 24 hours or is this something you can kind of catch a few days before you get into the, it's the last 24 hours? Really? Like you get one shot at doing it, right? So and if I mean, 
can you get, like There's sit a, in a sauna and sweat it out or something, or is that dangerous? Or I mean, at that point, you can't even because you've already got your tan on. If you sweat it out, you're you're gonna make your tan run. Oh. You're gonna look splotchy. Yep. Well, isn't that what and killed so, Z's? Like uh, the famous bodybuilder, he was like trying to cut in a sauna and stuff, and allegedly, I mean, I think, yeah. I think that that involved also a lot of cocaine and <laughs> some other things. I mean, do you know any bodybuilders and... who've like used cocaine as a, as a way to cut? <laughs> nope. Although I do know not yeah. a bodybuilder. I know when yeah. I just, when I was starting porn seven years ago, there was a guy who apparently he had a habit of taking meth and then spending three hours on the treadmill. Wow. And wow. what happened? Uh, well, he ended up wrecking his life. Damn. Which seems about par for the course. I really don't recommend that. Mm. But I mean, uh, jacked uh, the pre workout had dimethylamine, uh, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> no, well, the jacked is also not that great for you. No, it's not. That's the thing. It's like we at the uh, Arnold uh, Expo, all the pre workout companies were all like, "This work pre workout is stimulant free," and so you know they saw us and they were like, "Oh, it's the Let's Grow Big Together guys." Here's some. You know, here's a box of samples, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, oh, no, no, thanks. It's okay. And they're like, no, we insist. And so I, they gave me this big thing of like, it, um, uh, I guess, general nutrition gave me this big tub of stuff. And my apologies because I don't, I'm, it's sitting, I'm looking at it from across the room, but I can't see the label. And I took a scoop of it and I just didn't feel like it did anything, you know, like usually with pre-workouts and maybe I'm just so addicted to caffeine that I had that expectation of a pre-workout having a, a caffeinated stimulant effect, but it was, uh, it didn't really, I just felt like I was like, well, am I a little bit alert? Not sure. Because it's supposed to be like more nootropics rather than caffeine. Yeah. So nootropic is like brain vitamins, mm. you know, and, and uh, so you're not as distracted. You're more focused. You're, you know, you're getting through that workout. But I don't feel like, and I guess, you know, I'm curious to hear from you or the listeners, like, are you guys like fans of uh, pre-workouts that don't have any caffeine at all? Well, I actually don't use pre-workout. Yeah. Um Mostly because up until recently, it's been very difficult to find stimulant-free stuff. Yeah. And I usually work out later in the evening. So if I try and take 400 milligrams of caffeine before my workup, I'll just be up till 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that generally is not a good thing for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, so definitely, so that, like, it's a, don't avoid the caffeine because it's like sleep is going to be interfered with. And sleep is when your muscles grow. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for me, I mean... I've never really felt like I needed pre-workouts because I get in there and I just, I get into the gym and I get into the zone and I just enjoy it. Um, and that being said, if there's certain things you're looking for out of a pre-workout, like a better pump or something, they can definitely help with that. But I don't feel like they're necessary. No, I'd rather get the pump from pumping, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like doing more volume or, or flexing. Like it, I, I feel like that's a pump I can control. Whereas like, if I take a nitric oxide booster, I'm kind of like, did this do something? I'm like, it's, it's just not, it's so unclear whether there's a correlation there. Yeah. Well, and supplement companies will tell you anything to sell, sell you the supplements. Right. right. So I'm sorry. Uh, so the, the, the vibe is right now it's like, use it if you feel like it helps you, but it, most people don't feel like it does anything. Yeah. I think you'd probably get more out of just using a quality intra workout carb over yeah. some fancy pre-workout. The one I use um, from Carbolin, I get that one specifically because it's got 
um, uh, an electrolyte blend in it. Mm. So it's a little bit of carbohydrates, a little bit of electrolytes. Ooh. It just helps. I mean, what I was doing before is I'd buy the plain flavored carbolin and mix electrolyte powder in. And then I discovered that they had a pre-blend. I was like, great, one less step. What's your favorite nice. flavor? Uh, I use a lemon lime. Uh, the classic too much time lemonade. As a kid, too much time as a kid drinking lemon lime Gatorade. Well, the thing about it is you can stick a little bit of a Lipton tea and make yourself an Arnold Palmer. Ooh. Oh, I'd never thought of that. That actually sounds good. And it'd be real bougie at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, My gym costs $40 a month. There's no reason. <laughs> Derek, last time we talked to you, uh, you talked about competing in the past, and you thought uh, that maybe some of the judges may have held your career, your uh, side career, your side hustle, uh, your OnlyFans and your porn career uh, against you. And I think you talked about maybe uh, performing under a different name. Or competing, competing under a different name. Under a different name. Mm-hmm. And how, how did that go this year? What, how, did you, how did you resolve that, or did you resolve it? Uh, well, I did compete for the first time under my legal name, which was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I mean, it... Did they it's catch really on? A, <laughs> did they know? So, but your legal you know name what? is Dick Humongous. <laughs> <laughs> so that may have backfired, no? Yeah. Well, it was interesting. So this is a show I've done before, mm-hmm. and the promoters all remember me. And so they were a little bit not confused, but they picked up on the, oh, he's competing under his real name now. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. they've all they've been very good about helping me in the past. If I wanted to compete as Derek Bolt, they just made it work. Because mm-hmm. obviously, like the NPC card would go under my legal name, and then the show registration would go under Derek Bolt, mm-hmm. and they they would just kind of figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'd submit the results to the NPC. So if you actually look at the NPC results, there is a contestant under there as Derek Bolt, and it has the first five competitions I ever did in there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the show promoters have always been really, really good about that. Mm. But I think it's just, I'm at that point in my life where it's time to start competing under my legal name um, and hope that that just smooths, smooths, thing, smooths things over. Mm. And do you feel like, uh, I mean, what's your vibe on it? What, was uh, fearlessly being your driver's license name, did that, do you feel like it impacted in any way or... You know, I, it's so hard to know. I mean, the yeah. judges don't really give you any type of feedback like that. So you kind of just hope. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean it, it's, you know, it's did, also did, really uh-huh. weird, too, because like the, the show promoters are definitely not homophobic at all. Um, I know one of them has a gay son, um, and they're just wonderful ladies. But you never know what the judges, because you don't get to meet them. You don't get to talk to them or anything like that. They They don't get to know you at all. They just are looking at what you bring on the stage and whatever scuttlebutt is behind the scenes. Mm. Well, that's the thing about like, you know, right now as Americans, we're very divided because of uh, right-wing propaganda and Fox news and so much inequality, so much violence. And, you know, in one regard, you know, you can look at bodybuilding as like, man, there are some like really messed up people advocating for a lot of violence and very conservative, regressive views but on the other hand, it's like these people with a wide variety of political views and beliefs can come together and be gay for muscle on stage. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways, that's really, you know, promising in the sense that, like, we can all gather around the bodybuilding competition and put aside our differences when we get onto that stage. I suppose I'm, I'm a little bit demoralized. I would say lately just by 
the people at the higher levels who are incredibly homophobic, transphobic, racist, just nasty, violent rhetoric that's coming out of these people. Yeah. I mean, I know there was a thing um, that blew up on at least my section of gay muscle Twitter about Seth Faros um, posting basically, oh yes, we should use gays as target practice. And it's just like, what? Seth Faros yeah. has been like on a rampage lately. I just had, I, I also got into it. I had to block him. And I'm like, I'm a nobody. And he started coming after me and sending his uh, right wingers to brigade me on Instagram. Why? Because I told him, I was like, you know, um, you're better than the, I always I, I say, you're better than this. Delete this post. Bo- oh, they hate that. Bigotry has no yeah. place in bodybuilding and hate and, and, you know, transphobia kills muscle because you're more obsessed with hating on somebody <laughs> as opposed to loving your body and working to build it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, yeah. it feels like that's, it's having a modern renaissance among certain parts of the bodybuilding world because it, uh, be, because of that polarization where people on the left are moving more left, people on the right are moving farther and farther right. And so you're seeing a lot more of that violent, nasty rhetoric. And it's, it's a little bit demoralizing because I mean, I'm here, I'm, I'm very queer. Um, and very into bodybuilding. I have a lot of friends who are queer and very into bodybuilding. And I also have a lot of people who aren't, who are my friends who are queer and trans and non-binary. And to see the sport that I love and spend my time and energy on being led by these people who are, it feels almost like they're doing it just because that's the vibe. That's the trend rather than sitting down to think like, why, why am I like this? Mm. Well, I'll tell you this. There was a there was a booth at the Arnold Expo that was selling bracelets. You remember those bracelets that were like, balance your chakras. It has authentic quartz and copper. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the modern equivalent of that is now electromagnetic frequencies are interfering with your muscle building goals. So like your, your Apple Watch. Your Apple Watch, your uh, iPhone. Television. The television set and stuff, the 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 machine that you're working out with at the gym, and so they were selling these bracelets, and the the guy's like looking me in the eye with dead serious and says, "It has mylar in it," and I'm like, "Mylar? You mean like the foil packaging that my coffee comes in?" Yep. <laughs> and so the guy was like, "No, let me show you," and he starts doing the whole snake oil salesman. He starts pushing down on my arm and then he puts the bracelet on me and doesn't push as hard and see, see how much stronger you are with the mylar. And I'm just like, dude, you think I was born yesterday? And I'm looking at the table and there's all this like blue lives matter. And you know, your fuck your feelings and all this like right wing, uh, coding and dog whistle stuff. And, and, and to me, I, I was thinking about this. It was like, it's like misspelling a spam email. So they catch the dumb people and the dumb people buy the product, and the smart people just keep walking. Don't waste their time. Because the bracelet might not appeal to you, but you're like, oh, if I if I buy this, I, it, I'm supporting right wing causes. The police, you know? or, yep. or something like that. Yeah. You know, and it has no health benefit whatsoever. And 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 so in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of these, you know, because it's it's a struggle to to build a career, especially if you dedicate your life to being a bodybuilder or a fitness coach, and not everybody can be successful or has the skills or the community or the wisdom to be successful. And so, you know, out of desperation, you turn to being a cryptocurrency expert or, or some other nonsense like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, bodybuilding is very 
there's a certain amount of machismo and that tends to lean a little bit writer. And so, you know, a lot of these guys are realizing, oh, if I just play into that, play into the right wing stuff and play into the kind of toxic masculinity, it elevates my profile a little bit. And then I get more personal training clients or I get more sponsorships or things like that. I can sell these products more easily and then it helps me get ahead on the backs of the people that I'm putting down. Mm. And I mean, cause you in the past were famous for painting your fingernails to match your posing trunks. Uh, yep. d- did you continue with that tradition? Nope. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> my gender is going to be intellectual this time. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I would like to, I think it's, um, it's just, it's something that I enjoy. It's fun, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily a statement of like, oh, this is my gender or whatever. It's just, hey, I like color. I like having painted nails and matching color to my pose or whatever. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> unfortunately, I can't. It, it's a thing of, there are certain people who are amazing enough in bodybuilding that they could get away with that and just kind of browbeat the judges. Like, if Seabum wanted to paint his fingernails to match his poser, literally no one in the world would be able to say anything to him because he's Chris Bumstead. He's the number one bodybuilder in the world for classic. Some, um, some little fag at a local competition, they, (laughs) they can just be like, well, this fag is just a little bit better than this other guy, but we don't like his nails. So we can put him ahead or put him behind. Mm. Like, you have to have a certain amount of star power to, uh to really push in any one direction. I've noticed that too, is like people discredit your opinion because they don't feel like you have enough followers on social media. And so they're like, what do you know? You only have 10,000 followers and this other asshole has a hundred thousand followers. And I'm like, yeah, but that a hundred thousand followers are all like bots or, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, so, so we're in a situation where we're not weighing the ideas or the opinions on their merits or their compassion or their inclusivity. We're weighing them just on a purely transactional value. And that's really I mean, dangerous. Absolutely. There's n- that number of followers has no impact on how, on the actual content of a statement. Right. I mean, I, I have a hundred and whatever, 80,000 Twitter followers or whatever. I could go out and say the sky is green just because 180,000 people follow me does not make that any more or any less wrong. Mm. Well, let's, let's agree. It's teal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a teal is not technically green, right? But, and, and so in, in some sense, you know, there's a lot of people who adore you and are willing to take anything you say at face value. Do you feel like it, it has some kind of a, you know, um, negative effect on your own psychology or on your mental well-being? Uh, for me, no. I, I mean, I tend to be, I like to describe myself as intellectually curious. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody comes to me and says, no, you're wrong. And I can show you why I'm fascinated to learn that. I mean, I, I get one of the, the number one ways I get corrected is I have a lot of words that I've never actually heard pronounced. I've only read them. And so I may be pronouncing them wrong and people will be like, that's not how you say that. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> but it shows can that you, you read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, I'm always curious to learn what is the correct pronunciation and, yeah. and what language does that word come from that that's why it is. It's really so, hard for some people to learn new information or to like, if you point out that they're wrong, it's like they want to die on that hill sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to die on a hill for things if I know that they're inarguably correct. Right. But if there's ambiguity or I'm not sure of it or I'm just clearly wrong, I want to know that because then I can be correct the next time. 
Um, but again, I'm, I'm intellectually curious. I like to learn things and know things. Um, and I feel like that's actually, especially on the internet, that's just absolutely lacking. I was getting into arguments, um, this past week because I was just, I've gotten so sick of seeing all the targeting of trans people. And I was just like, stop it. And all these right wing douchebags would come on my page and be like, spout all these right wing talking points. I'd be like, Oh, uh, can you give me any shred of evidence? And the best they could do was like link to a Fox news page. Like, are you, you're joking, right? Yeah. I follow you on Twitter. And then I would link, I would link to like, here's the American psychological associations page on gender dysphoria, which is, you know, 50,000 words and it has linked sources and everything like that. And they'll be like, that's bullshit. I'm like, the, the APA is, is bullshit. You realize that we liberals don't even love the APA. Mm-hmm. We just a- accept them, but they had homosexuality as a, as right. a mental disease in the DS four. And we're now only on the DS five. Um, but yeah, so it's like, here's, here's actual evidence from, you know, major medical publications versus your opinion piece from Fox news. And they're like, yours is bullshit. Mine's right. I'm like, that, where is the curiosity? Where is the humility? On well, the internet, to, I, I to follow that. you on Twitter, and I, and I saw that tweet, and it was one of those things where it was like uh, divorce and the T from the LGB kind of thing, and it's like that stuff is just—I swear to God—it's just got to be Russian propaganda because I feel like most queer people are just like we're all one big happy family, but there's some people that just they want to target those trans people, and they want to separate them because once you separate them and you come for them, then it's easier to go after everybody else, and it's just—it's just, it's just yeah. garbage. And people, you know, people don't think that they're transphobic. They're like, I'm not afraid of trans people i'm like well do trans people cause you anxiety are you anxious around them you know because anxiety is a type of fear so maybe you really are if you don't understand and you're not willing to understand something because you're anxious about it that's a type of fear it's you know mm-hmm. well will you well, be competing in, uh, in tennessee with the fingernail polish <laughs> yeah, i have you in no jail. plans to go to tennessee for <laughs> in the near future but, you know, like Mark and I have been in Tennessee and drag, you know, and it's like and to me, it's like it seems so strange to think about now if you're dressed up in drag in a public space that you could be arrested and put mm. in jail. And, and it really is an anti trans bill. And, and the thing that gets me back to the, talking about bodybuilding here is like the, there are these people who are taking hormones <laughs> to shape their bodies in their ideal image criticizing other types of people taking hormones to shape their bodies in their idolized image. And I'm like, don't you realize you share more in common with these people that you're targeting than indifference? Well, that, I actually made that point in one of my arguments on Twitter last week of like, I've been on this 16 year transformation of my body to fit my perceived gender um, identity and expression. I've taken hormones. I've done an inordinate amount of work to myself to highlight my gender identity. The fact that that lines up with my biological sex is almost besides the point. But to me, I completely understand where trans people are coming from of like, this is how I feel. This is the presentation I feel is most appropriate for myself. And I will do pretty much anything to get there. And there's a certain sense of happiness when you're on that path that you've been wanting to be on, you know, whether it's taking your first injection of testosterone or, or working with a coach for the first time or getting into that gym or seeing those results in your body. It's like it, it, there there's, you know, you can relate to 
you know, for us, it's not a life or death kind of thing, but I, I also tell people's like, well, what is your happiness worth? What is your, you know, cause when you're around people are not self-actualized, they are miserable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's like, we want to be in a world where people are happy and, and, and pursuing their dreams. And, you know, that's why we do this podcast. And that's why we talk to you um, because you're not just like this extraordinary bodybuilder, but you also have all this fountain of knowledge and wisdom that comes along that's just as jacked as your pecs and biceps. Thank you. What, so, so I want to get back to talking about pizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can put the heavy stuff down for a little bit. Put it down, I, mean, put I could spend hours there. We're going to take the deadlifting put down for now, and we're going to talk about uh, the, the kettle-friendly, well, pizzas in general, you know? It's like, um, and I noticed this, like, t fitness TikToks are full of pizza recipes. So I yeah. don't really get it because I don't like pizza that much. Like you're not a fan of it. Pizza, pizza's fine, but <laughs> it's. If I had to pick a cheat meal, it would be either like a fried chicken sandwich or a burger or something. Uh -huh. But you want the meat. Yeah, and I mean a pizza is good, but if I'm going to do a cheat meal for a pizza, it better be like really freaking amazing pizza. Like none, none of this Domino's garbage for a cheat meal. Like it, I get one or two cheat meals a week. I am not wasting it on Domino's. Mm. What, what's it, in terms of like a fried chicken sandwich that's done in an air fryer, what's the best breading approach to take to get that, you know, that uh, I'm not going to say Chick-fil-A <laughs> Popeye's who has the best trick fried chicken sandwich, the, the approach to getting a Popeye styled fried chicken sandwich with very little fat in it. I think panko is probably your best bet for that. Okay. Um, Japanese panko breadcrumbs are, they're lighter. So um, it's okay to just use regular crispy breadcrumbs because it's not going to be that much carbs in it anyways, right? Well, and I've never been particularly carb phobic myself anyway. I mean, yeah. my, one of my favorite foods is bread. <laughs> <laughs> and I always like to joke, um, bread is anabolic because gluten is a protein. Ah. <laughs> well, the thing about it is like a lot of people think about frying something, but you know, like in terms of the mouthfeel and Mark and I, we got, uh, really uh, for a while we were eating tater tots in the air fryer mm -hmm. and we were just they're loving the it. They're the best. So you buy the frozen tater tots, throw them in the air fryer, hardly any fat in it. They're crispy. They're wonderful. You don't even missing anything. And then we went to like some fried food place mm -hmm. and they had tater tots in the menu and we ate and some, and they were just sponges of oil. And I was just like, well, this they is deep nasty. Fried them. I, they, yeah. they're, they're best in an air fryer, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. And so if you're doing it, like, uh, you know, brine your chicken and pickle juice for sure, and, and bread it with uh, panko breadcrumbs. And then one little uh, secret is you can buy this on, um, you know, now grocery stores sell this, is um, oils and spray, because I yep. guess it turns out that lecithin, like Pam, destroys your nonstick Teflon pans. Mm -hmm. Yep. I have a little like, uh, just pump sprayer for olive oil that I use so that I don't have to worry about that. And the, I guess the air fryer is blowing hot air in there. And so the oil in it, there aromatizes or I'm uh, not, I'm sorry, uh, it atomizes. And so the, the particles of oils are spinning around and in some ways they're literally air frying your food. And so it creates that crispy crust and you got, you know, you put that, brush some, uh, you know, your favorite uh, hot sauce on it and put some pickles and, uh, you know, you can, you do a, a slaw with very little oil. You can use um, 
uh, Greek yogurt, non-fat Greek yogurt for your mm-hmm. slaw and, and uh, some vinegar and a little bit of uh, uh, garlic salt. And you won't even, you won't even notice that will fit. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of pizzas, the approach that a lot of these guys take is that they, they are trying to put the, 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 the carbs away. Cause you know, they're trying to match their carbs and they're using a uh, fat free cheeses or, or part skim or low fat mozzarella cheese. What's your thoughts on just mozzarella cheese in general and like low fat mozzarella cheese? Oh, I have some in the fridge. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. It also has its limitations. It does not melt anywhere near as well as full fat or even part skim. Like the, I have zero fat, fat free, and it's it melts, but it doesn't melt super well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll you'll notice the difference. But if you use it in the right context, like I I put it in my eggs, that's a pretty good use for it. Um, if you were trying to make like lasagna, you're you're going to notice the difference. It's not going to have that same stringy nature of it. Yeah. In general, when I'm trying to do macro-friendly cooking, I try and kind of pick a lane um, for what I'm focusing on because there's only so much you can do in the kitchen and not completely ruin something. I remember one of the times when I was younger, I wanted to make um, macro-friendly zucchini bread. And so I was like subbing out flour for protein powder and subbing out sugar for fake sugars and just a bunch of things. And I got it and it tasted, it was okay. And it literally made me sick because I used so much xylitol. Um, and that's like a, a sugar substitute, right? That's an artificial sugar su- mm-hmm. substitute. And it just like, it was a gut bomb. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe there is a limit to how healthy you can make something. Um, and so I try and kind of pick a lane. Am I going to make this sugar-free but kind of keep the fats the same? Or am I going to just um, pick something and lower the fats and leave everything else alone? Because if you try and do low-carb, low-fat, um, everything, you're just going to end up with something that's either inedible or uh, just terrible for you. Well, one thing that I've discovered that actually works pretty well is you can get um, low-carb tortillas – that are made all with yep. all kinds. There's there's a wide variety of range. So shop around, and just throw some tomato sauce and a and you know lo, doesn't have to be non low fat. It could just be regular mozzarella cheese, and it actually fits your macros really well. Yep. And put that in the air fryer, and it's uh, you know it's because part of it is like comfort food. You're you're eating so much. You want to bring back the love of food again to stimulate your appetite to get all you know 265 grams of protein a day. Is like like the last two days I got 240, 238. Like I couldn't even get to 265. And at the end of the day, I'm just like going, oh my God, I can't eat another bite, you know? Yep. Well, for me, it's right now, so I'm I'm in the off season a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit more flexibility. But I've actually been sticking to my meal plan pretty aggressively. Um, mostly because I've just been so busy and so stressed that it's easier to just look at the spreadsheet and say, What am I eating now? Cool. Done. Just not having to think about cooking. Um, but what it does mean is that when I do have those cheat meals right now, I have two a week, um, which to me is pretty generous, but it seems to be working. Um, when I have those cheat meals, it's, I really appreciate them. I give myself the chance to sit down and really almost commune with the food. So it's not just, it's not about, Oh, let me have something disgustingly greasy or fatty. It's okay. What's a meal that I can have that it's a free meal. I can have whatever I want within Obviously, it shouldn't be like 2,000 calories, but what's something that I can sit down and really enjoy that meal and really have this communion with the food 
as food, not as fuel. I bet your meals are as beautiful as you are. <laughs> uh, you know, I've never really gotten to the point where it's the pretty presentation. It always tastes good, but I've never really sat down and spent the time to learn how to plate something up so that it looks like it came out of a restaurant. I don't know. It's like you sent me that photo of your uh, beef stir-fried rice, and I was like, I couldn't decide whether to eat your ass or the, or the fried <laughs> rice. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't couldn't resist. Um, what's your thoughts? On, have you had any kind of these th- things? Uh, I found this blog entry on uh, on on pizzas, like kettle pizzas and stuff. And they were saying one is a uh, a pizza dough made out of whey protein. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Isn't that sound as like? But you know, um, Chris Bumstead has a a pancake recipe that's uh, oat whey protein and bananas. Mm-hmm. And egg people, whites. We've made stuff like that before. Yeah, we made it, and it was it wasn't bad at all. You know, it was, well, it was the lovely. protein it takes. You know that the, the, takes the place of milk. The whey takes the place. Well, the of whey like is also like a flour too. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have um, I have some pancake mix slash waffle mix that I really like. That I don't actually think it has any protein powder in it. I think they just get the protein from the flours. Um, but it's really good. Um, but again, those are professional food science people. Um, I think if you tried to do it with whey protein in your own kitchen, it would turn out disgusting. Um, have you had the um, uh, pizza crust made out of uh, ground up chicken breasts? What? <laughs> yeah, you can. You that can also do it. sounds just not great. So it's ground up, chi- and this is kind of the approach. So it's ground up chicken breasts or ground up uh, cauliflower or some root vegetable. And I've done the they, cauliflower one. It always is soggy to me. It's uh, so, so the right recipe is you use Parmesan cheese, egg whites, and something else. And those together, you pre-bake it. And then on top of it, you're putting all the pizza toppings. And the, the whole idea is that you know, hopefully if it's crispy enough, you're not going to notice that you're not actually eating bread. I like bread too much. I'm going to just eat bread. Yeah. You know, and then there's the other, the other approach is uh, making an omelet or a frittata and then putting, you know, uh, tomato sauce and cheese and, uh, you know, zucchini and eggplant on top. And that can be really I delicious. I used to, like, back in my hometown, yeah. we'd go out drinking and we'd go to Dominic's and we'd get a meatball omelet <laughs> 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 with cheese and meatballs. And it was, uh, I took Faust before once. He's like, this is disgusting. I'm like, Nasty. yeah, it's not as good as I remember it. <laughs> And one thing, you know, like, um, you know, when it comes to food and you're eating a lot or you're not used to eating this amount of food, it can create inflammation and increases stress hormones and stress hormones will interfere with your sleep and sleep interference re- interferes with recovery and therefore less muscle. So yep. one thing that uh, I always like to remind people that I uh, consult with is that, you know, not just uh, cucumbers or, or kale slaws and stuff like that. But um, zucchini and squash is a great thing to throw into anything. Like um, a lot of these, uh, uh, Chris Bumstead does this and other bodybuilding meal companies, they throw zucchinis into everything because it's, uh, doesn't ha- it's very filling and it doesn't have, and it's anti-inflammatory. And so it helps you digest the food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Well, I think mm-hmm. on that note, it's very important to think about your meal spacing. I mean, um, there's a reason that bodybuilders eat six, seven meals a day. It's because it's less taxing on your body to digest two, I don't know, 700 calorie meals than one 1400 calorie meal all at once. And you're a big believer of like your pre breakfast and your breakfast breakfast. Uh, 
depends. I mean, today is, I got up really late, so I'm going to be just every two hours. It's going to be like a meal. Um, but I think right now I've got six, six meals on my meal plan. Um, and so it's usually every three hours throughout the day. And, you know, in terms of fruits, um, you know, fruits, everybody thinks like, oh, you're going to get fat with fruits or other stuff. Maybe, you know, uh, I, I like having a banana after my workout, but in terms of like throughout the day, honeydew and cantaloupe, melons, grapes, uh, cherries, um, and surprisingly, like you can make popsicles with cherry juice. It's a little pricey, um, but if it's actual cherry juice, it has just the right amount of sugar and the cherry itself is very anti-inflammatory. And so it soothes your stomach because when mm-hmm. you're eating a lot, you kind of want to cool it down. Yeah. And a lot of bodybuilding coaches I've noticed are absolutely in love with blueberries for some reason. Like mine oh my and God, all my friends' yeah. coaches are just like blueberries all the time. They're full of antioxidants. They're great for you. I'm like, okay. And it's super so low have, glycemic index. Yeah. I have 200 grams of blueberries in to- once a, just split up morning and night. And then I get a banana or an apple twice a day. Well, do you get the, um, the berry mix that has uh, raspberries and strawberries and blackberries as well? I do keep that in my freezer. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the times when I'm feeling a little bored of my usual, I'll just switch out instead of doing um, blueberries in my, uh, with my cream of rice, I'll just switch out and do a, pro- a vanilla protein smoothie, which is just almond milk, um, frozen berries and vanilla protein powder. Why cream of rice and not like, uh, say oatmeal or what is some of the other hot breakfast cereals? So actually, so right now I'm, I'm switching out. I use a little bit of oatmeal and a little bit of cream of rice, depending on what, what my mood is. When I was on contest prep, I stuck hundred percent to cream of rice and the reason is, um, and you'll notice this if you ever really dig down in and dive into like a pro coach's meal plans, they stick to a lot of things like that are rice based. And it's just because rice digests more easily than oatmeal. Oatmeal is a very complex carb. Rice is very simple. Um, and so it's just less taxing on your system. You're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to process through that cream of rice faster than you would an equivalent amount of, um, oatmeal. I do feel like sometimes oatmeal is really hard to digest if you're eating like mm-hmm. a bunch of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and the, that's the thing. Like when you're eating, when, you, when you're doing like, oh, it's 60 grams of oatmeal, that's not that bad. When you get up and you're doing 100 grams of whatever twice, twice a day, three times a day, then it starts to be a question of how can I digest this more easily and get my stomach empty for the next meal? Mm-hmm. Well, I, don't, I just remember like Ronnie Coleman, you know, uh, his famous training video where we get like, yeah, buddy, ain't nothing but a peanut. Everybody wants big muscles, but nobody wants to lift no heavy ass weights and all kinds of gems and goodies. Mm. Um, he is, there's a there's a segment in the video. He's having breakfast and he has this giant tub of cream of rice and he's eating it with a tiny little spoon. <laughs> spoonful by spoonful and you can just see the clock turning and it's like it took him like half an hour to go through it you know mm-hmm. and i'm just like damn you know that's that's some dedication and just some focus there to be eating this like b- boring plant ass tub of cream of rice in front of the tv set and just going like oh my god what am i doing with my life oh yeah i got big muscles yep well again people you can eat plain cream of rice, but there's also a lot of ways that you can make it a lot more interesting. Well, there was a company that uh, actually flavors uh, cream of rice the way they're flavoring uh, oatmeal. And yeah. quite a few of them are doing it out there. And of course, you can make it yourself. You know, it's just 
throw in you know yeah. your favorite uh berries or bananas or you know cinnamon and stuff like that and yeah. and go it's a flavor town honey i mean right now i'm just being lazy and i'm mostly just doing a, a pinch of stevia and some cinnamon but you can get into all sorts of things i mean um in the fall during my contest prep i was doing essentially a pumpkin pie spice uh cream of rice mm. where it was because all my cream of rice meals come with protein powder so i'd put a little bit of vanilla protein powder um, so nutmeg, some cinnamon, a little bit of stevia, and then just like 40 grams of canned pro- uh, pumpkin. And it was like having pumpkin spice latte as cream of rice. Oh, oh wow. Like that. How often do, are you meal prepping during the week? Like ideally, like, are you doing it every three days or so? I've seen some people that meal prep like two weeks in advance and then freeze half of the stuff. Yeah, no, I like fresh food. I, I usually try and aim for about every three days. Okay. Um, there's something to me, frozen food just doesn't have the same texture once it's defrosted again and doesn't have the same flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather eat everything fresh. I mean, I get groceries usually every five days or so, just kind of as, as I run out. Mm. Although I'll say like, you know, when it comes to chilies or soups, making it and then freezing it and then you forget about it like a month later, it's like finding a $20 bill in your pocket. <laughs> after, yep. after you've watched it, you're like, oh my God, this is so good, you know? And I completely forgot that I made it. Yeah, and I could do that because I just got a vacuum sealer recently. But yeah. there's just something to me, honestly, if, I'm, if I've got the time, what I like to do is I'll sit down and meal prep and chunk up a bunch of chicken and a bunch of steak and then individually cook them for every meal so you're getting it fresh out of the air fryer or fresh off the uh, off the stove um rather than just sticking it in the microwave oh so you're like marinating it and then you just throw in the enough for that meal into the air fryer and then jump in the shower or something Mm -hmm. yeah it was uh wesley vissers he likes using some this is weird air fryer that it's like has a paddle in it and so he throws everything in. Uh, so some rice. He makes like a stir fried rice with other with either fish or chicken and, and frozen vegetables and seasoning. And then the paddle stirs it. Oh, that's really cool. And uh, you can get these on Amazon and stuff. And and he's a big believer of it. And he puts the, a lot of those in his videos. And I thought that was really clever. But um, in terms of like when you're pre cooking things to store in the refrigerator, are you undercooking it? the meats to some degree. So they're still juicy or not as dry. Oh, I, I don't even cook them. I just put the, the tub of sliced up uncooked chicken in mm. and just grab out a few. So, so it's like, uh, so you're just marinating it and cooking it about, but I mean, sometimes you have to be out in the field or at a job and you can't cook. So you have to yeah, microwave the, it or something. On like those that. days I'll do, I'll just pre-cook stuff and microwave it. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes, I mean, over the summer I was doing a lot of, um, or I would just fill my grill with 10 pounds of meat, dice it up, and then just put it in a Tupperware, and then there's there's five days right there. So it it varies. It's A lot of it is just where where is my schedule, what is my mood, how much do I want to be cooking or not. Right, right. And in terms of, like, soups and stews? You know, I don't do a whole lot of soups and stews. Um, I find a lot of the time it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to portion them out in a way that gives you your macros the way that you want. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to do a lot of just protein and rice as separate things and then mix it together later. Uh, one app that I'm a big fan of is, uh, what is it? Chron- chronometer, but it's not spelled with an H. <laughs> 
And the nice thing about this is in the old days, and you look at, you can kind of see this in um, uh, Jeff Nippert's videos, his mother makes him uh, chili and she divides it into 10 portions and freezes them up and gives it to her son, right? So he has the exact macros of that, that package of mm. chili. And so he heats it up and eats it at the end of the day, which can kind of get a little repetitive. But the cool thing about chronometer is you plug in the recipe and then you just weigh the portion. So let's say you feel like a cup of chili today, but tomorrow you feel like two cups of chili. You can get the exact micronutrients and, and uh, calories just by putting the weight of the recipe because it's already mm. calculated for the entire meal as, as uh, the entire pot of soup. Okay. And so that's a whole new thing. It's a total game changer. So like old school bodybuilders used to divide things into 10 and do all this math, you know, and it's like, and now there's an app for that. And there's an app for that now. So you, you've wanted to do five portions or 10 or seven, you know, you can totally do that as well. Yeah, I should start doing that. I have a, my air fryer is also an Instapot, so I should, oh, I could nice. easily make some form of chili or something in it. And you know, one thing I also love if you're running out of ideas and this is like, you know, Chris Bumsa is going to come to my house and break down my door, but uh, you can go to Chris Bumsa's meal plans or any bodybuilding meal plans and pretend like you're shopping and find the meals that you like and then just reverse engineer them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason because it like they have this thing, a uh, bison spaghetti. And Ooh, I'm like, bison, bison, what is up with bison? It's like bison's is amazing meat that's really full of nutrients. It's low in fat. It's like almost the perfect bodybuilding red meat. Well, it has the highest protein content of anything, really. It's more than fish and mm -hmm. chicken and beef. Yeah. Know? And so you can make, you know, your own bison spaghetti. And, you know, get the idea from them. And they have like, you know, a lot of these meal bodybuilding meal prep programs have like, you know, 50 or 60 pre-frozen meals to pick from. And that at least gets your brain thinking like, oh, what should I make? You know, because it's like sometimes we just, you know, we go with what we know and, and we don't get out of our comfort zone. And that makes things really boring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But ultimately, like at the end of the day, it's it just, you know, s sticking to it. Yeah, well, and that's where just having finding the foods that you enjoy and figuring out ways to cook yeah. that give you more variety, so that even if you're eating roughly the same thing, mm -hmm. again, you can change it up with the texture, with the the seasoning you're using, and things like that, so that you want to be eating this type of food. I mean, I when I travel, I basically I'll, I'll meal prep for the weekend. Um, and then individually package it up in, in vacuum bags because Tupperware take up too much space. And I'll be like out at a, uh, at someone's house or whatever and just unzip one of these and they're like, that looks really good. What is that? Do your friends get mad at you that you won't share your food with them? <laughs> no, they, they understand that I only bring enough for me. I mean, a lot of my friends are bodybuilders too, so they get it. Cause I have some coworkers. They're like, can I taste it? And I'm like, I'm like my dog with a bowl of food. I'm like, Arr. No, my coworkers are fine yeah. because I bring them baked goods. Oh, that's so Aww. nice. What'd you make? Oh, last thing I made was I made brown butter chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I love those. Yeah, the recipe I use, I call it like gay crack because no matter how many I make, if I bring them to a gay space, they will be gone by the end of the night. Like the gays are like, yeah, I'm watching my carbs. I'm trying to stay fit. And I bring a, a tray of cookies and it's like, never mind. I want cookies. God, Derek, you're like the perfect gay guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're like committed he's Jack, to equality. He's fun and he eats cookies. You have a job. You have a car. You have a credit card. You have a body. You have a body, Adi. You just like make food for everybody. I mean, it's what's it like to be lovers with Derek Bolt? <laughs> We'll have to get um, my boyfriends on here to give you for the next one because they're also bodybuilders. Well, I've been talking to Davin Strong. He's your boyfriend, right? No, he's just a friend. Oh, he's oh. a friend of yours. Uh, and, and we were trying to get him on the show. And he was like, uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, sometimes people are very intimidated by coming on a podcast because they're worried we're going to be like doing Fox News gotcha journalism or something. Well, the podcast isn't for everybody. You know what I mean? It's it's fine if you don't want to do it because it's like it's not for everyone. Not everybody wants to participate in something like this. Not everybody is as wise and smart and charming and successful as Derek Bolt. (laughs) (laughs) So we we were at the Arnold Expo and I reproached someone who I thought was Davin Strong. And I said, hey, we were trying to get you on the podcast. And he's like, I'm not Davin Strong. I'm George Ward. <laughs> he's like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, uh, you might want to check out that dude's Twitter. Uh. <laughs> so he was like, I started telling him about the podcast. He was like, where have you been all my life? So he's coming oh. on the on the show after yours and uh, talking about becoming a bodybuilder. But he's a dad. So we'll see. Yeah, he's, I love I love Davin. He's such a sweetheart. How did you guys meet each other? Uh, you know, we we'd been mutuals on Twitter and whatever, and kind of circling around. But we um, we did a shoot for uh-huh. uh, oh god, what was the studio? Um, we did a shoot together in November, or actually, I think it was December, right after my show. Uh-huh. It was just a lot of fun. I mean, he's he's a fun, sweet, charming type of guy. Really interesting. He's got a very interesting backstory. He's also um, jacked beyond all measure. He's one of the only people I've ever shot with who's bigger than me. Mm. So you were like, I feel like a dainty little flower. Yeah, I mean, he could throw me around and I would not mind. Be gentle with me, Davin. Do you try, no, no, don't, do, don't, don't be gentle, gentle with me. Do you try and get a lot of shoots in like right after a contest when you're, uh, when you're in that kind of shape? Uh, or does it not really matter? To me, I don't really care, honestly. I mean, I like to get at least some good photos of me. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, a lot of the times for porn, it's like people don't love it when I'm that shredded. It's to them, it's a little bit too much. They prefer me, and also everybody's like, "I like you better with hair, mm. um, like body hair." And I, after a competition, I'm obviously shred or shaved. Um, so, from from a visual perspective, it doesn't really matter that much to me. I just want to record the progress for my own sake. Right. Um, and a lot of the times, right after a show. I'm also in this mindset of I need to take a little bit of time for me um, and enjoy myself because mm. I've just been on a six, 16 week cut where I've been in the gym every day for two or three hours. I've been militant with my meal prep and everything. I need a little bit of time to unwind a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you shoot during those, kind of that's the, those 16 weeks when you're cutting? And shredding? Are you, are you shooting, or is it you try and uh, cut back on that some, or is it just like the perfect time? Like, well, I can't eat anything. I might as well, you know, suck some cock. <laughs> you know, it, it's honestly, it really just depends on what the schedule is. If mm-hmm. I can, if I've got any studios that want to shoot, or if I, I'm doing any traveling where I can find a guy and do an OnlyFans video with that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I I am a very kind of go with the flow type of guy in a lot of ways. Like, as long as I can get the things that I need to, everything else is just kind of, well, if it happens, if it happens, 
Well, you also work as an architect too. I mean, how do you balance all these commitments and job schedules? Uh, well, fortunately, um, I have a very flexible work schedule. I work at a four person firm and I'm the only architect there. We have a couple of interior designers and my boss who is nominally an interior designer, but she's also been doing residential architecture, um, residential construction since before I was born. And so she knows more about houses than I do. And I'm, I'm a licensed architect, so she's wonderful. But so we're, I'm at this small firm. We have flexible hours. Um, there are weeks that I work 60 or 70 hours. There are weeks where I've got a little bit of a lighter load and I'm doing like 35 or whatever. And so, and I also have pretty, pretty robust vacation schedule. Um, and so just as long as everything gets done on time, where everything's hunky dory and I'm honestly the, the task master in, master in the office. I'm like, no, no, we need to get this done now. And everyone's like, slow down, slow down a little bit. Um, so that really helps me as well. And I just, I like to joke. I'm a type a plus personality. Like a is not good enough. I'm an a plus. Um, <laughs> and so I always just, there's this drive in me to always be doing something, um, whether that's for bodybuilding or porn or architecture um, or just, fun hobbies on my own, like baking or making glow, cool things that glow or doing furniture projects, things like that. There's always, I always want to be doing something or I get antsy. Do you take like and, a leave of absence or vacation time a couple weeks before the bodybuilding show? No, not really. Really? So you're I showing mean, up like all tanned out to the office on the day before the show? Oh yeah. I mean, I think I, on my last one, I think I left at like I don't know, three o'clock. That was my, I took, I worked remote that day and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be done around three. And they're like, cool. Works for me. Wow. So they're like, girl, look how orange you look. <laughs> yep. That, I mean, I've, I've been bodybuilding since before I started at this firm. So they, they all know they're, they know what to expect. Yeah. And I mean, I don't really let it get in the way. Um, if anything, when I'm bodybuilding, um, I'm a little bit more focused because just there's something about, when you're focusing so much on one thing, it tends to just your mind is automatically in a very focused place. Mm-hmm. But this last year is also, I was very in, intentional about not letting it get in the way of living my life. And so in, in the fall, I was just every weekend I tried to have at least something planned that was enjoyable for me, whether that was going out and going hiking with my friends. Cause we had the most, gorgeous fall here that I've ever experienced in DC. So it was like, Oh, let's go hiking or, Oh, it's Halloween. Uh, let's go to a Halloween party and whatever. And one of the things I'll tell you is a secret to getting absolutely shredded for a bodybuilding competition. Mm -hmm. If you go to a circuit party and you don't drink and you don't eat and you dance all night, it's really, really good. Just make sure you drink a lot of water. And, and don't drop any G or T or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, geez, no, not math, that bad. no meth and uh, no exercise math, bicycle for four hours. Just hop on, hop on the dance floor and dance. I've, I literally would like start my Apple watch when we got there and just track the calories based on my heart rate. And uh-huh. it would, that would, that could be my cardio for a day because I'd burn enough calories. Nice. Uh, Derek, I really appreciate you taking time to chat with us. I always love uh, hearing your stories and your wisdom about bodybuilding and just life in general. Um, how do we like any any insight into how how we can sort of mitigate this like you know right wing conservative transphobic uh, situation that we're facing here in in the United States and in bodybuilding? 
It's just so distressing. Well, I think the most important thing um, is just to be very loud about supporting just the queer, the queer community in general, but especially right now, mm-hmm. supporting trans people in any way that you can, being vocal about, no, these are, these are our brothers and sisters. They deserve a space at the table. They deserve a space in bodybuilding, in life. They deserve to be themselves. Being as loud about that as possible, I think, is the most important thing. Mm. Um, because one of the things that I've been really clocking into is that it's not necessarily even just a right-wing conspiracy to make life, like, to be anti-trans. It's, there's this conspiracy on the right-wing to roll back the social acceptance of queer identities in the, in the United States. And how can we make it so that people are uncomfortable about this? How can we make it so people are afraid of the, of, of queer identities? And I think by being open and being loud and being proud of it, you can almost short circuit that because, Hey, if you get to know us, we're just people too. Sure. We dress a little bit different. Sure. We might act a little bit different, but at the end of the day, we're still just people. But I do notice that like it's, there's also this idea of, of othering or alienating people they already know. So it's not Mm -hmm. just like they're, they're trying to build fear, but it's also about sort of like, feeling empowered by, you know, saying that somebody you've known and worked with or are neighbors with for long periods of time, suddenly they're like these, you know, that person's so weird. Isn't he off put, you know, like they're using the word weird as a pejorative term or it's coded like, you know, Fausto's so loud or Fausto's so, you know, it's a bit much is usually the, the, the term that I see being thrown against LGBTQ people. There are too much. No, I definitely get that one a lot as well because yeah. I am a, a very loud and out there personality. But I always, I like to turn that around. I'm like, wouldn't it be a shame if we were all the same person? Like, there's the media. We've been doing this in media as a negative stereotype of those planned communities where every house looks the same and everyone dresses the same and everyone does the same thing. There's a there's a vibrancy in life when they're, when we celebrate our differences and wouldn't it be a shame if we stopped doing that? That's how I like to turn that around. And then I like to just, again, point out we're all just people at the end of the day. We're all struggling with the same things. We're all trying to make our way through and dealing with the same stresses and the world is ever more complicated. You don't have to try and find somebody to be the scapegoat. You just have to have the grace in yourself to accept that life is hard and everybody is having a hard time. And if we're nicer, if we can lift each other up, maybe it won't be quite so hard. I appreciate you so much, Derek. Thank you so much for coming on. Let's grow big together. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Big big hugs to you. And, uh, ever, if you're ever in Chicago, let's hang out. Let's grow big together in person. (laughs) Absolutely. Grab a workout. Ooh. Lift big and a smoothie afterwards. <laughs> and a smoothie, and, we, and you can eat some of my fav, famous toss salad. <laughs> so <Famous are>. infamous, <laughs> not infamous. in front of my salad. Oh my god, no! <laughs> That's a whole other podcast right there. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Derek. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, have a great evening. Uh-huh, you too. Bye bye. Bye. Derek Bolt lives in Washington, D.C. That mm. D.C. stands for the capital. Mm, the capital, yeah. District of Columbia, yeah. 
You can follow him on Instagram or on Twitter. I think it's Derek Bolt Triple X. Derek Bolt Fit. Fit. Yes, because he's in right? shape, honey, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then there's links to everything else through there. And of course, we post up the links on the show notes. So if you ever want to follow me, Fausto Fernos. Or me, Mark Fillion. You can just scroll down and you can see our links and follow us and ask us for advice or questions. Uh, I do an hour-long bodybuilding comp- consultation. So it's not coaching. It's consultation, meaning we sort of take a look at what you're doing and get you ready to go to the next level. Mm. And so whether it's working with a coach or working with apps or sh- tweaking or changing things that you're doing a lot, nine out of nine out of nine, 10 out of 10 people, people love it, love it. And you can do it as many times as you like. Mm-hmm. And it helps to support your favorite podcast. Let's grow big together. <laughs> and I'll talk to you in my normal voice, not my <laughs> demon voice, or unless you want me to do that. Well, so how's your bodybuilding coming along? <laughs> and they're like, uh, can I speak to Fausto, please? <laughs> Another great way to support the podcast is to become a plus member at feastofun.com slash plus. Cause let's grow big together is a uh, publication of feast production of Fun. production yes. publication. Can you publicize something? You can publish things, but the, it's yeah. a production of Feast production, of Fun. Yes, yes. It is. That's what radio and podcasts say. Yes. Let's Grow Big Together is a production of Feast of Fun made out of our homes in Chicago, Illinois, honey. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we have uh, um, lots of great slaw recipes. Um, one of my favorite slaw recipes is honeydew lemon. I'm sorry, honeydew lemon, celery, Granny Smith apples. Ooh. And you mix that all together, and it's, it's a lot of green. And, and cucumber. It's a green, green, uh, green anti-inflammatory salad. It's a little bit sweet. It's crunchy. It's think of it as a, like a a um, what is that uh, salad? That's uh, celery and apples. It's a Waldorf, Waldorf. but it has more uh, cucumber and honeydew lemon, uh, honeydew melon. And it's wonderful stuff uh, with a little bit of... So it's a Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I use um, uh, white pepper, so it gives it that nice uh, kind of Asian kind of quality mm. a little bit to it. And it's uh, just a little bit of lemon and just a tiny bit of olive oil, and it's to die for, darling. You're going to make some right now? I will. Yes. Thank you guys so Get much for listening. <laughs> and um, uh, we'll be back uh, soon. Thanks for subscribing and... F- Follow us on social media, and of course, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Bye, Bye. everyone.